Hallelujah. Jesus is our Lord. Hallelujah. Father God, I ask tonight that the Holy Spirit would rest upon me. Father, that you would speak to your people. Move all flesh out of the way. Cause your name to be glorified. Every burden, every yoke, I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you would destroy tonight. For it is not by might, nor is it by power, but it is by thy spirit, O God. You know the need of every person here tonight. Minister to them by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm in a rowdy mood tonight. (laughs) And I hope you are too. What I want to do tonight, what I don't want to do tonight, is that I want to take, I'm, I'm taking no prisoners tonight, and I don't want you to take any prisoners tonight in the spirit realm. The enemy has stolen from the body of Christ long enough, and it's time for us to stand up and be what God wants us to be. It's time for us to know who we are in Christ. And if the devil wants to fight, it's the fight he's going to get. Amen. We are at a place in the body of Christ where Jesus is coming back soon. And hell is pouring out everything that it knows to pour out. But God wants to encourage us tonight that the word of God is true. That greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. And we're going to receive and walk in our inheritance. There's no question about that. But what God wants to do tonight is he wants to expose Satan. And the way that you expose darkness is through light. And the word of God is light. Now tonight I want you to hear me with your spirit. Turn off your mind, turn off your carnal mind, but I want you to hear me with your spirit tonight, because God's going to speak to your spirit, and he's going to cause you to recognize and understand the victory that you already have in Christ. The Bible says in the book of Ephesians that God hath blessed us, already blessed us, with all spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus. There's nothing that God has uh, not done for us, but it's all been accomplished through the cross of Christ. But what the church has to do is it has to recognize and understand the living Jesus on the inside of each and every one of us. I said we have to recognize and understand the living Christ on the inside of us already. What we're going to ask God to do tonight is by his spirit to reveal that to us. 
And we're going to begin in uh, chapter 3 of the book of Ephesians. Glory to God. Let's look at verse 8. We're going to have Bible study tonight. Is that all right? The Apostle Paul writing, Under me, who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. I like the way Paul puts that. He says that he wanted to preach the unsearchable riches of Christ. In other words, what he wanted to reveal to them was not surface knowledge. That they were going to have to, by the Spirit, dig and search out the Word of God in order for them to realize and understand the true victory of the cross of Christ. The unsearchable riches of Christ. And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery. So God wants us to know that it's not just for the preacher, but he wants all of us to see what is the fellowship of the mystery of Christ, which from the beginning of the world had been hidden God, who created all things by Jesus Christ. Now, this is what I want you to see in verse 10. To the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in the heavenly places might be made known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. There's, you know, Jesus has done everything that he's going to do. He's went to the cross. He's died. He went into hell for three days, and God raised him from the dead. But now what God wants us to do, what he wants the church to do, is to demonstrate to hell what the victory of the cross was all about. He wants the church to be the vehicle that demonstrates to hell the totality of their defeat. The manifold wisdom of God is to be manifested through you and I, the church. The church should be on the attack. The church should be the aggressor. God is our king and we are his children. The time is out for running from the devil. It's time for us to rise up and be who Christ has called us to be. The church of the living Jesus. Verse 11. According to the eternal purpose, which he purposed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So this is God's purpose for the church. This is uh, the things that God had thought about in eternity past. And he has decided that the church is to be the vehicle that causes hell to tremble. The church is to be the instrument of his righteousness in the earth. The church has to come to an understanding and a revelation that we have power in the earth and dominion. The time is out for running from the devil. The time is out for us 
not receiving our inheritance. It's time that we recognize and understand that the inheritance is ours. And we refuse to settle for anything less than God's best. Can I get an amen? Let's go to the book of Second Peter. Now, we're going to allow the Holy Spirit to build upon this lesson tonight. Peter talks about fables. He says in Second Peter, verse 1, chapter 1, verse 16, that we have not followed some cunningly devised fables. That the church has not followed cunningly devised fables. That the victory of the cross is real and that Jesus is real. And that the power that the Christ has given to the church is real. It's not a fable. When we read in the Bible, it talks about how power has been given to us and authority has been given to us. It's real. But the only way that we're going to recognize it is by revelation. I like what what Michael uh, said at the beginning when he talked about in Ephesians, that God would give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened. That we would know what is the hope of our calling and what the riches of the glory of our inheritance is in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe. That power that God's talking about is only released to those who believe that the power is theirs. You have to, we have to come to a revelation that this power that the church, that the Bible talks about is a tangible power. That it's a, a power that's available for us on a moment-by-moment moment basis. If we'll only tap in to the truth. Jesus said you'll know the truth, and the truth that you know will set you free. We have to come to a revelation that it is our time, that this is a now word to the church, that it's now our time to take dominion in the earth. The world is looking for all kind of answers, and God has given the church all the answers. Every disease that's out there, the church has an answer for it. Every financial situation that the world has, the church has the answer. But it has to come to a, a point where the church recognizes that it has the answer. And is willing to be bold enough to say that our Jesus has the answer. Amen. Let's go to Galatians chapter 1. The Apostle Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. And he out of all the other apostles, I really believe got a true revelation of the risen Christ. Now, Peter and Matthew and all those guys, they walk with Jesus in the earth as a natural man. But what Paul got from Jesus was a spiritual revelation. He was knocked off his horse on the road to Damascus. And the light shined out of heaven, and a voice spoke to him and gave him his assignment. But Paul didn't walk with Jesus 
like Peter and the rest of the apostles. The way that he received revelation from God was spirit to spirit. That's why I can relate to Paul. I've never had breakfast with Jesus. I've never saw him face to face. And so the only way that I can have revelation or understanding about Jesus is through the word of God and through the spirit of God. So what Paul has is something that we need to look at. Because has he walked with Jesus? Has he has Jesus was revealed to him the same way Jesus will be revealed to you? It'll be by the spirit of God. Let's look at verse uh start at verse 11. Paul writes, but I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. So Paul says, the, the gospel that was preached to him is not after man. In other words, the gospel was preached to him by the Spirit of God. He had to get it by the Spirit of God. He had to develop, had to develop spiritual ears. And that's what we have to do. We have to develop spiritual ears. We have to come to a, a revelation that the only way that we're going to w- receive total victory is to have an understanding that we have to develop spiritual hearing. And the way spiritual healing, hearing is developed is by spending time with God, spending solitude time with God. Paul will go on the right, he goes on the right here in verse 12. Well, I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by revelation of Jesus Christ. So Paul gives us a secret. It's by revelation of Jesus Christ. He wasn't taught it by man, but it came by revelation of Jesus Christ. Let's jump down to verse um, Verse 16. To reveal his son in me, that I might preach him among the heathens. Immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood. So what Paul did, what he got from the Holy Spirit was a revelation of the Son of God in him. And see, that's what we have in the church. We have to get a revelation of that too. We have to get a revelation of the Jesus inside of us. How many of y'all know that? Once you get born again, the Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of you. And the Holy Spirit is a representation of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit revealed to Paul the Son of God in him. Hallelujah. Now, the only way, again, that that can happen, or we can get a revelation of that, is if we allow ourselves to have quality time with God. The reason I know that is because of verse uh, 17. Neither went I up to Jerusalem to them which were apostles before me, but I went into Arabia and returned again into Damascus. Paul went into Arabia. Arabia can be defined as a place of solitude. A place where God reveals the victory of the cross, and the cross comes alive. It's in your private time with God. 
in your prayer time with God that God begins to reveal the Christ in you. Without you spending time with God in prayer, without you developing a prayer life, the revelation of Jesus Christ on the inside of you will seem unreal. It won't be real to you. It'll just be words on a page. But when you develop a prayer life, and I believe that's what the Holy Ghost wants us to understand tonight, we have to develop a prayer life. When you develop that prayer life and spend quality time alone with God, God begins to paint the picture of the victory of Christ Jesus on the inside of you. And you begin to recognize the victory that we have through Jesus Christ. You begin to believe that by his stripes you're healed. You begin to believe that uh, every need that you have is already met in abundance according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. The word of God comes alive to you as you spend time with him, as the Holy Ghost ministers to you. And that's how Paul got it. And it's not going to happen any other way unless we spend quality time with God. Now, the flesh doesn't like that. The natural man does not understand the spiritual uh, things of God. But what we're going to have to do, we're going to have to put the flesh back and do what we need to do. I don't know about you, but I want all that God has for me. And I'm willing to do whatever I have to do to walk in my destiny. If I have to pray an hour every day in tongues, I'll do it. I said if I have to pray an hour every day in tongues, I'll do it. We got to get to the point where we become hungry for these things. We got to get to the point where Jesus means everything to us and our destiny in God means everything to us. And without that hunger, we won't walk in the victory that God wants us to have. It's not that God does not want to do miracles in the church. He does. But the church has to ready itself and enlarge its tents on the inside and understand that in us, we hold all the victory of Christ Jesus. In us, we have the powers of the world to come. In us, God has invested his entire kingdom. Hallelujah. Jesus said the kingdom of God is within you. Don't look out here for it. He says look within, and you'll experience God's best. But again, we have to come to the place where we recognize these things. It's not just going to automatically happen. We're going to have to seek. We're going to have to dig. We're going to have to pull our Bibles out. Not just on Wednesday and Sunday, but seven days a week. We're going to have to allow the Spirit of God to show us the living Jesus on the inside of us. And he'll do it. There's no question about it. He wants to do these things. But we have to give him something to work with. We have to have a willing heart. The Bible says if you be willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. How many of y'all are willing to get up? At 2 o'clock in the morning when the Holy Ghost wakes you up and speaks sweet nothings in your ear. Hallelujah. He wants to speak victory in your ear at 2 o'clock in the morning. You have to be obedient to do that. This ain't even in my notes. I'm just coming. I'm just giving you what God's giving me right now. 
But we have to become hungry. We have to become thirsty. We have to want this more than anything in the world. If we want to walk in the power that God wants us to walk in, and he does. And he does. Religion will tell you that these things are not possible. But the reality of the cross is something that God wants us to experience. He wants us to experience being seated together with him in heavenly places. He wants us to know him and the power of his resurrection. Hallelujah. This is your inheritance. This is your portion. You got to become hungry for it. Because when, when the world has the needs, and they do have needs, God wants them to start coming here to meet the need. He wants us to, us to have whatever they need. And we have it. We have everything that the world needs right here in the church. But we have to realize it. And we have to believe it. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter, chapter 1. It's just like Bible class. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 17. This is Paul writing again. He says, For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with the wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. So Paul said, I, I don't want to preach the gospel with wisdom of, of man's words. Because if I do that, if I, if I get off into religion, it'll cause the, cro the uh, cross of Christ to be of none effect. In other words, no power will be exuded through the cross. We won't experience real resurrection power if we do it with man's wisdom. Man's wisdom will say that uh, certain diseases don't have, a uh, don't have a cure. But the Bible says, whose report will you believe? To whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? The Bible says that by his stripes we are healed. Now, people in the world, this isn't for them. It's not for them. It's for covenant people. But they can come and get healed when a covenant man or woman lays hands on them. How many of y'all know you're a covenant man or woman if you're in Christ Jesus? Jesus said that the works that I do shall you do also. And greater work shall you do because I go unto the Father. So we have what the world needs. It says here in verse 18, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. It is the, the cross is the power of God. It's the dunamis of God. It is the dynamite of God. And its fruit is resurrection power and sonship, which is part of our inheritance. Now we're going to get to the good part. Let's go to Romans chapter 8. Amen. Resurrection power and sonship are part of our inheritance. Romans chapter 8, verse 11. 
But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, and he does, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. So the Holy Spirit is letting us know that God's spirit lives on the inside of us. And since God's spirit lives on the inside of us, we do have on the inside of us resurrection power. I say the spirit of God lives on the inside of us, and we do have resurrection power. We have the powers of the world to come living on the inside of us. But we haven't realized it yet. We haven't understood it yet. We have resurrection power living on the inside of us. Let's look at verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Now see, that, that's part of your inheritance, sonship. Verse 11 talked about resurrection power. And verse 14 is talking about sonship. Verse 15. For we have not received the spirit of bondage, again the fear, but we have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Now the Bible says that we are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. We're heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Now, this is where the Spirit of God has to convince us. Because our natural mind, when we hear a scripture like that, we rebel against it or we shy away from it. But the Bible says that if, when it says jo- that you're a joint heir, it means that the inheritance that Jesus has, you can share in it. It means that anything that, Je- that belongs to Jesus, it belongs to you. Oh, y'all not even excited about you know, I said, the, anything that belongs to Jesus belongs to you. Hallelujah. We're seated together with him, the Bible says, in heavenly places. We've been raised with him. Hallelujah. That means that Jesus ain't sick, so I shouldn't be sick. Jesus ain't broke, so I shouldn't be broke. Jesus is not bound, so I shouldn't be bound. Glory to God. Everything that belongs to my master belongs to me. He's chosen to do this. This is my inheritance. This is your inheritance. You know, you know, in the natural, and I know some of y'all, in the natural, if something was left to you as an inheritance, man, you'll, you'll go down there and get you a lawyer and everything else to try to get it. And I know you would. I done seen families squabble over the inheritance in the natural. Well, here's a, here's a real inheritance, a spiritual inheritance, and the church, for the most part, don't even know it exists. They don't even understand it. They don't even understand the covenant, which is the word of God, that, that gives them these things, that promises the, them these things. But the inheritance is ours. The Bible says that he who spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? All things, hallelujah. You know, God is not holding anything back. He really isn't. If he gave Jesus, 
Hallelujah. There's nothing that he won't do for you and through you if you'll believe it. He gave his only begotten son, and he'll give you anything with him if you'll believe it. That thing that you believe in God for, don't let the devil steal it. Don't let the enemy talk you out of it. No, stand on the word of God. Refuse to be refused. Well, y'all know, uh, Pastor Goodluck has been telling us, this is our season, hallelujah. A lot of Christians, man, I'm serious. A lot of Christians got a lot of wishbone and no backbone. They're, they're too easily dissuaded. They, they too easily give up. Like I said in the, in the beginning, I feel rowdy tonight. I'm not taking no for an answer anymore. Everything that God says but, but belongs to me, I want it. And the devil ain't going to steal from me no more. And you should have the same attitude. And if you don't want yours, I'll take it. I'll take it. If you don't want it, I'll take it. Because I want everything that the cross has bought for me. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's go to the book of Colossians. Colossians chapter 1. Let's look at verse 12. This is still Paul writing. Paul, again, he got the revelation. He, he was the one that got the revelation. Peter and those other guys, they got a revelation too. They got it later on. But God gave it to Paul first. He says, giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet or able to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in life. So, God wants you to partake of this inheritance. Not just talk about it. Not just have somebody preach to you about it. But when you go home in your prayer closet, allow the Holy Spirit to reveal to you those things that belong to you. And you know what will happen? When you start uh, communing with the Holy Ghost, he'll start speaking impossibilities into your mind. He'll start speaking things that are bigger than you to your mind. And what, and what happens a lot of time when that happens is believers, they'll, 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 they won't even receive that. They'll say, you know, nah, that, that's too big. That can't be God. It is God. It is God. God has a plan for your life that is greater than anything that you could plan on your own. But he wants you to become involved with him so that he can paint this picture of victory on the inside of you. You, he wants you to partake of this inheritance. Verse 13. Who has delivered us from the power of the authority of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Let's go all, all the way down to verse uh, 26. Even the mystery which has been hid from ages and from generations, but is now made manifest to his saints. Now, this, this, this blew my mind when I started really studying this. It says, this mystery, this inheritance, 
has been hidden from generations, or from, from, from ages and from generations. In other words, during this dispensation that we're living in, which is the New Testament dispensation, God is revealing things that he hid from people in the Old Testament. Great men of God, like Elijah and Elisha and Moses and King David and all those guys in the Old Testament, they didn't know what we know now. They walk in great power with the knowledge that they had. But the knowledge that we have, which was hidden from them, we don't even take advantage of it nine times out of ten. Nine times out of ten, we don't even uh, believe these things. We'll come to church and we'll hear about them, and then we won't even investigate them when we get home. We won't even uh, uh, meditate on these truths in order that they might become real to us. You know, meditation is the key to receiving these things. Without meditation, without you spending time and allowing the Spirit of God to speak to you as you study the Word of God, these things won't be real to you. You can come to church on, on Wednesday and Sunday, and like I say, that's good. But what you have to do, you have to become a disciple. You have to become a student of this Word. This has to become more important to you than anything. We don't miss our breakfast or our lunch or our dinner. Most of us don't. But a lot of times, man, we won't, we won't uh, give the same diligence to spiritual food. How many of y'all know this is the most important thing in the world to you if you're a believer? The Word of God is. It's milk to babes, but it's meat to those who have, are mature. And God wants you, you to become mature. He wants you to start eating the meat of the Word of God. Because God has great things for the Ark Fellowship here in Cyprus. And in order for you to achieve that, you're going to have to know that you know that you know that Jesus lives in you. So nothing will be impossible to you. When cancer patients come walking up here with tubes all in their nose and oxygen tanks and all this here kind of thing, and it's going to happen, you can be the one that lays hands on them by the power of the living Jesus. It ain't going to just be Pastor Good Luck and Pastor Angela and Pastor Andy. God wants you to have the power. He wants you to release the power. You're the church. Hallelujah. My God in heaven. We got to get a hold of this. Even the mystery, which has been hid from ages and from generations, but is now made manifest to his saints. How many of y'all believe that you're a saint? I say, how many of y'all believe y'all saints? Well, see, the Bible is talking to you. You're a saint. Hallelujah. A lot of Christians don't even believe that. They think that, you know, the saints are, you know, saint whoever, you know, saint Paul. and all. They, they were saints, but you're a saint. The Bible calls you a saint. Anything that the Bible says about you is true. And it's time that we believe it. Hallelujah. Verse 27. To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. So it's not just for the Jewish nation, but for those who have accepted Jesus Christ, a Gentile, which you and I are, it's for us also. And this is the glory of the mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. The anointed one in you. 
the ex- expectation of the glory of God manifested in your life. That's what the Bible is saying right there. Christ is in you, and because he's in you, you can do the miracles that Jesus did when he walked the earth. Christ in you, the anointed one, the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God is on the inside of you right now. You don't have to wait for it. You don't even have to pray for it. You just have to act on it. Hallelujah. God, give us boldness. Give us revelation and give us boldness that we might be strong in you and in the power of your might. Father, you have told us that this is your our hour in Christ. It's getting darker and darker in the world. But the church ought to be getting brighter and brighter. Hallelujah. We have the answers. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Colossians 2 and 9. For in him, talking about Jesus, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. When Jesus walked the earth, he was God in flesh. He was fully man and fully God. The Bible says that. The Bible says that in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Now, we don't have any trouble believing that. That Jesus was powerful, that the power of God flowed through him, that virtue flowed out of him. But the Bible says in verse 10, and you are complete in him. The Bible says you're complete in him. Talking about you. You're complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. In other words, everything that Jesus had when he walked the earth, you have opportunity for that also. The Bible says that God has not left you uh, as a beggar, but he's given you all the riches of the covenant. You're complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. In other words, You have authority over the devil because of Jesus Christ. You're complete in him, which is the head of all principles. That's what principality and powers are, that demon spirits. That, that, That sickness that just won't leave you alone, that's a principality and power. That devil that's in your finances, that's a principality and power. Okay? I'm just trying to break it down to you. The Bible says you're complete in him, and because you're complete in him, Greater is he that's in you than he who is in the world. And you've been raised above every principality and power in Christ. In other words, you don't have to keep taking what you're taking. You don't have to keep putting up with what you're putting up with. Somewhere along the line, you're going to have to rise up and say, no more devil. In Jesus' name, come out. Hallelujah. That's your authority. That's who, what he's done for you and for me, if we'll only believe it. These are not fables I'm talking about right here. We're going to have to come to the place 
where these things are, this is just a natural way of living. A natural way of living. Of understanding that we don't have to uh, run to the pastor every time we run into trouble. But we have the power of God living on the inside of us. And you can do the works. That's what we're trained to do. That's what you're being built up tonight to do. God wants you to go forth and do works in his name. Hallelujah. Verse 11. In whom, in whom also you are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, and to put him out of the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Buried with him in baptism, wherein also you are risen with him through faith in the operation of God, who had raised him from the dead. Now the Bible says you're risen with him through faith in the operation of God. We must believe that it is finished. Nothing else needs to be done. We got to get to the point where we believe that when Jesus was raised from the dead, you have to see yourself also raised from the dead with him. You have to allow the Holy Spirit to make this real to you. That when Jesus was raised from the dead, a new creature, a new creation, so too were you raised from the dead, a new creation. One who has never existed before. You are, the he was the firstborn from the dead. And we are those who follow after him. We are also raised from the dead. You got to see it. You got to understand that. You got to recognize that. That you have been risen with him, which is the head of all principality and power. And because you're risen with him, you can walk in the same power that Jesus walked in. Let's go to Romans 8. We preached this in, in Calvert, similar to this last week. And a woman got healed of macular de degeneration. Hallelujah. Her eyes, she couldn't see. And God opened her eyes. Hallelujah. The power of God is real. You know what? What happened was she heard the word and she believed it. That's it. She heard the word. She believed it. She acted on it. Hallelujah. Romans 8, verse 29. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. So God wants us to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. That's just what I just got through talking about. He's the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. Hallelujah. Now the Bible says that you're called, you're justified, and you're glorified in Christ Jesus. Religion won't tell you that. Religion will tell you that you're going to have to wait until you get to heaven to be justified. 
Religion will tell you that the only way that you can be glorified is when you get to heaven. But the Bible says that right now God has justified you. He's called you. He's justified you. And he's glorified you. Now, again, the natural mind will reject that. And it will say that's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. That's the victory of this cross that we're talking about tonight. That's the power of the resurrected Jesus that we're talking about. These things are real. The anointing that's on the inside of you is a tangible anointing. But we have to learn how to tap into it. The glory that's on the inside of you is real. But in order for you to experience it, you got to learn to tap into it and release it. First, you got to believe it. Then you release it by faith. Hallelujah. God wants you to experience these things. Let's go to John, and I'm getting ready to close. Let's go to John. Chapter 1. Let's look at verse 14. Verse 14. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. He's talking about Jesus. And we beheld his glory. The glory has of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bare witness of him and cried, saying, This was he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness have we all received. The Bible says of Jesus' fullness we've all received. That goes hand in hand with the scripture in Colossians that that talks about how we're complete in him. It's It's already been done. There's nothing else that needs to be done. Of his fullness... Have we all received, not just the preacher, but we've all received it, the Bible says. Grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, and grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. And this is what I wanted you to really see tonight. No man had seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he had declared him. The Bible says that Jesus, the Son of God, before he came to the earth, he had a relationship with God that was intimate. And the Bible says that he came out of the very bosom of God the Father. This is a place that uh, we can only think about with our natural mind, but we can understand it with our spirits. This is the most intimate place in the universe, the bosom of the Father. And the Bible says that's where Jesus came. That's why when he was on the earth, he could speak of life because he understood life. He came from life. The reason people had such a hard time understanding Jesus was because he was so full of life and they were so full of death. Well, the reason that he understood life so intimately is because he came from God's very bosom. His relationship with the Father cannot even be put in the uh, natural words. It's something that is so precious and so powerful that uh, natural words cannot uh, comprehend it or can't speak it. But how many of y'all know that this is your inheritance? 
the bosom of the Father is your inheritance also. This is what the cross is all about. This is what this resurrection was all about, to bring us to a place of intimacy with God the Father. The very bosom of the Father belongs to us. I don't know about you, but billions and billions of dollars cannot compare to this. This is what it's all about. Coming to a revelation and an understanding that I can be as close to God as I want to be. I can have all of God that I, that I want because of Jesus Christ. The bosom of the Father is ours if we'll only seek after it. If we'll only believe that we can uh, rest there. This is ours, but we have to receive it by faith. Father God, now I pray that the Holy Spirit would just reveal to your people, Father, in their private time, just how close we are to you in Christ Jesus. I pray, Father, that we would experience the oneness with you that Jesus died that we could experience. I pray, Father, that the teaching of your word tonight, that the seed of the word has found good ground. I pray, Father, that a hunger has been initiated by your spirit tonight. That, Father, that you would speak to your people, that they would seek your face, and, Father, that you would speak to your people in prayer time. And Father, that they would really seek out an Arabia, even as Paul sought it, a place of solitude, Father, where you paint the picture of victory, the victory of the cross. I pray, Father, that as these things are manifested in the spirit world, that the fruit of it, Father, would be power in the natural world power over principalities and powers, power over the works of the devil. For your word declares, Father, for this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he would destroy every work of the devil. I pray, Father, that uh, strongholds that have been constructed in the minds of people, Father, would be broken by the Spirit of Jesus. I pray, Father, that fear that has gripped the hearts of your people, Father, would be broken off of their lives. For you've not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. I pray, Father, that we would experience new freedom, Father, as this revelation becomes real to us. But most of all, Father, I pray that your heart would be glad as your children tap into their inheritance. The inheritance, Father, that the blood of your Son bought for them. Holy Father, glorify yourself in your people's lives. 
cause them to experience what we've talked about tonight. Let the Holy Ghost of God be precious to them. Let your presence be precious to them. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, I hope uh, tonight that uh, you got something out of this message. I feel that if it, it, does anybody have any uh, prayer need tonight, any sickness that we need to pray about, any financial problem that we need to pray about. I just feel led that the anointing is here to do that tonight. Does anybody have anything that they, they want to pray about? Amen.